Welcome to a special season of the Success is My Religion podcast. I am in partnership with the HBCU Experience Movement. This movement is to highlight HBCUs. They wrote a couple books, and the authors of those books are coming on my podcast to talk about themselves, what they're doing, how how HBCUs affected them, and and help them propel their lives to such heights and success. Um, so we're going to highlight these authors of the books that they have out, the HBCU uh, experience movement. These ladies and gentlemen graduated from those HBCUs. They're doing powerful things. And as we all know, success leaves clues. And these conversations will definitely add tremendous value to you in your success journey. I hope you enjoy. Share this podcast. Give me those five stars and leave a comment. Welcome to another episode of the Success is My Religion podcast. I am here with Shawnee Farmer. Shawnee L. Is that how you say it right? Yes, yes, yes. Shawnee L. Shawnee L. And let me just read this this lady's bio. She is a relationship enthusiast, hiring officer, relation, we'll get into the relationship enthusiast instead of relationship coach. And yes. author and best the best selling author, um, Shawnee Shawnee L. Farmer, graduated from North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University in 2008 with a BS in business management. She continued her studies at Walden University, where she attained obtained her MBA with a focus in entrepreneurship. She is current. She currently is a hiring and workforce strategy officer for the Department of Defense in Washington, D.C. She has been committed to serving her country in this capacity for over 10 years. Oh, 10,000 hour rule. Uh, <laughs> Shawnee is affectionately known for her position as the founder of Shawnee L, the relationship enthusiast brand. Her mission is to inspire women to be healed, healthy, and whole in each session of the season of their life and relationships. Currently, she is serving the singles community and coaching women on how to heal from past romantic relationships. I can't wait to get into that. Uh, and inspiring them to elevate their purpose while learning the business of dating for marriage. Oh, I can't wait to get into all that. Uh, Shawnee's vision is to help 500 women reach their relationship goals by 2025. In 2017, Shawnee became an Amazon best-selling co-author in the Dear Fear anthology series where she inspired women to fearlessly own their truth. In 2018, she shared her story at several colleges, universities, women organizations, podcasts, which we own now, and on panels. In 2019, Shawnee became recognized as an international speaker as she presented the Fearless in Abu Dhabi tour in uh, the United, United UAE. UAE. <laughs> 
<laughs> in 2020 during COVID and during COVID the COVID-19 pandemic, Shani found creative ways to continue impacting her tribe of single women. She created and hosted her first singles workshop in Washington, D.C. and a powerhouse 7-day virtual conference for single moms. Wow. Collaborating with the industry experts, she delivered quality content matched with unique experiences, leaving women inspired to activate their truth while in their their journey of dating with purpose. Currently, Shani is curating a sub, subscription-based book for book club for single women who are about the business of dating for marriage. She coins coins it as not your ordinary book club. Shani organ, uh, originates from Buffalo, New York, by way of Orlando, Florida. She continues to build her corporate and personal brand while prioritizing being the CEO of her home uh, alongside her husband, Benjamin. The couple are parents to their fur baby, Joy, and enjoy enjoy serving in their community and church, spending time traveling and enjoying friends and family. Join her on her journey of living in purpose on purpose, Shani L. Farmer. Yeah, <laughs> it's always Boy. so weird to hear someone talk about you in that manner. You're like, oh, did I do all of that? I guess so. <laughs> Man, out there getting it. Out yeah. there getting it. So tell us a little about how you got there, because the success of my religion podcast is about um, it, it's about uh, studying success from the perspectives of African-Americans and people of color. So can you tell me a little bit how you got to all of that position? To all of this. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll go, I'll talk about some of it from a college perspective when we talk about the HBCU experience, but Mm -hmm. how I got to my actual purpose, um, Ashley Little, who um, is my line sister and who I am doing, who asked me to be a part of the HBCU experience, introduced me to a young lady by the name of Tiana Patrice, who is a visionary author of the Dear Fear movement. This was back in 2017, and I had just gotten married. Um, And she was like, I think you would absolutely love this. She's doing this amazing book on relationships, and you should be a part of it because you love talking about relationships. I've always loved talking about relationships since I was at least 15, 16 years old. I used to go to little boys. Me and my best friend had this yellow like notebook that had 20 questions that we would ask 15-year-old boys (laughs) on the (laughs) phone. And we would be like, so what's your definition of a man? And what do you want to do in your life? And they used to be like, y'all are crazy. Y'all are too mature for us. So I've always had this like passion for um, healthy relationships and conversations. Um, So that carried through uh, my journey through high school, through college, and of course, through my younger adult years. But um, I got married in 2017 and I was introduced to this product, I mean, this project. And um, my chapter is called Dear Fear, You Can't Have My Truth. And it was about uh, my heartbreaks, the heartbreaks that I went through as a young woman in my relationships and the impacts that they made on me um, in my future, of course. So, Mm -hmm. and I wanted other young women to uh, hear my story because I know it's so relatable. And I know so many women go through up and down journeys at such a young age um, with the opposite sex. And 
um, it was important for me to get that out there and to be an inspiration to let them know you can make it through and you can change the trajectory of how you handle relationships. So I say that because my husband and I, um, when I met him, I was what I would consider dating with purpose. And so I was dating with the intent of marriage and I had become abstinent. Um, and a lot of people ain't for that. And I realized that very early on when I made that decision and I got rejected a lot. Like men mm -hmm. was like, I'm not about that life. I don't know what you're doing and what you're talking about. Mm. Um, but I met my husband. He was very intrigued by it because, you know, he told me later on, I was intrigued because you were different and you were speaking differently. And I was intrigued by that. So I wanted to know what this journey was going to be about. So um, I told that story to in, in the Dear Fair book. And um, of course, we went, we, we end up um, going on book tours. And during these book tours, as I expressed my story, a lot of young women would come up to me and they're like, oh my gosh, your story inspired me. You know, I want to be on that journey or I'm on that journey, but you know, I need help. It's so hard. I have anxiety. I really want to be married, but it's so hard out here. And so I began to mentor them. It wasn't a business yet. I just started to mentor them. I told them my truths. I told them what I did. I told them, you know, how God spoke to me about certain things. And I created this, unbeknownst to me, this program that was called The Power of the P, where we focused on their prayer life. Um, we focused on purpose. Like, are you really living in your purpose? Or are you allowing life to live you? So we focused on their purpose and the things they needed to do so they can be living in their fullness. Um, and then we focused on pursuit after that. So it was prayer, purpose, and pursuit, how you should be pursued by a young man or by a mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. So um, when that all came together, I was like, this this right here is a business. <laughs> right. I, need to, I need to take this because I already have the book um, and I need to start going to speak about it. So as you read in my bio, you know, in 2018, um, I end up going around to colleges and universities and I was asked to come speak at different churches and women were just coming up to me, asking me to speak on podcasts and on panels about how I did what I did and how I was successful. And it really began to change lives. So we're here today. I absolutely love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. And I really believe that my pains turned into my purpose and passions. Oh, that's that's powerful right there, because my favorite quote is. Every adversity comes with it, the seed of its equivalent advantage. So mm -hmm. just by you saying that is telling me that you took your adversity and you used it to your advantage. And now you have a, a career out of it. Yes. Yep. Yep. And um, like I'm, I'm around. Well, I'm in the education field. Okay. And I talk to so when we go through the podcast, I'll be talking at, at, for younger yo our young adults, um, our our peers, and then mm -hmm. you know just us in general in our success journey. But one thing that I want to touch on is that you said you went abstinent, and mm -hmm. when um, in the African American community and communities of color because I talked to one of my uh, Hispanic Mexican friends she and I was like how do we uh, because she was talking about how um, teen pregnancy was an issue and I was like how do we stop it and she was like abstinence first of all and I said the same thing I was just asking in my head I was like I said the same thing as an option 
as an option, like so that we are creators. So I'm I'm trying to teach this the the younger generation to be a creator of their life. So if you have the option of abstinence, and then you have a, a safe sex, and on down the line, like you now you're making a conscious decision whether to um, control your destiny or not. You know what I mean? Or leaving yeah. it in the hands of circumstances. So yeah. talk to me about like that decision to be abstinent. So if you if you don't mind. <laughs> talk about it. Um, so I'll go to the decision in a minute. I kind of want to piggyback off of what you said about young people. And I think with abstinence at any age, if you're making that decision or if you're introducing it to someone, you have to educate them. Mm-hmm. You can't throw the Bible at them. Right. You can't tell them that it's just wrong <laughs> to be having sex and you just shouldn't be having sex. You have to educate people on why it's important and the benefits that come from it. And mm-hmm. I think that might be a piece that we're missing mm-hmm. um, in our communities is discussing the power that you take back when you make that decision, the clarity that comes to you when that make when you make that decision. And I feel like we so often talk about the excite the exciting things that come from liberality by making the decision to just do what you want and do what you feel how you want to but we mm-hmm. never talk about the impacts that come with it and yep. so giving your body to someone at any age but specifically at such a young age i'm not going to lie let's just be honest i was 14 years old when i lost my virginity i had no business losing my virginity at 14 your brain isn't even developed to handle those type of emotions at such a young age mm-hmm. but um we um, we're not ready for that at that age. And then when we enter into our adulthood, <sighs> we have so, let me go back. Let me back up really quick. <laughs> Cause it's so deep. It's so many mm-hmm, ways you can mm-hmm. go about this. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of tell my story on that part. So I tell people that <sighs> I believe that I was, for me, it was important for me for a few reasons. One, I believe I was over-sexualized at a very young age. I was not molested, none of that type of stuff, but by way of cousins and things to that nature, I was introduced to pornography very early. So when I got exposed to pornography at such a young age, pornography became uh, the same meaning and interchanged as love to me. So Mm. sex and love became one instead of understanding that there is a difference between sex and love. So if I wasn't intimate with you or I wasn't excited about you sexually, then that means that I couldn't have possibly loved you. And Mm. I carried that throughout my adult years. And so I began to attract men where our relationship was based on sex. It was based on how good the sex was, how often it was happening. And that was the trajectory. We didn't, I didn't dive deep enough to really get to understand and know who this person was and who I was giving my soul to. So Mm. it took up until I was about 27, 28 when I just had enough, when I had enough. Now I was a woman who enjoyed being in monogamous relationships, but I was never abstinent in any of those. It actually happened fairly quickly because that's the way I thought you were supposed to love someone. That was Mm. the way I thought you kept someone and you connected with someone was that you needed to be physically intimate with them. And when I realized (laughs) that that was not the case and I was in my most broken place in 2013, like I was broke down to the to the balls of broke down, like in the shower, crying, snot coming from my nose. Like, I just can't take this anymore because I kept giving myself to people who didn't deserve to have me. And I got nothing back in return, but a broken heart and wet behind, as my mom would say. (laughs) Um, And. 
I made a decision to begin to educate myself. I pulled back and I gave myself back to God. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Please help me. He was like, you, you're fearful. You're fearful of not trusting me and you want to lead your life for you. And if you continue to do that, you'll continue to run into these issues because you're leading with your flesh and not your spirit. So um, I began to do a lot of studying. I began to follow women um, who were on that trajectory of abstinence and my mind and my spirit began to shift. So I then, once I understood what it was and what it could do for me and the power that I would get back into my life and the confidence and the value that I would have and my ability to focus on my purpose and not focus on men, um, it's opened up so many doors of opportunity and I've just gained this other level of confidence. So once I gained that confidence, I began to play it out in my dating experience. And in the beginning, it was rough because they would say no. And they would reject me and I would be hurt and I would be lonely. And that's one thing I want people to understand is when you make those trying to those types of transitions in your life, it ain't nobody say it was going to be easy. Never. <laughs> Never. Never easy. Right. <laughs> You're going to come against a lot. OK, you're going to be lonely and by yourself in that season and people looking at you crazy a lot. But it's, it, it's for you to make those decisions of what you know is important for you. So. Um, eventually what it did for me and what it would do for most people is that if people reject you in that space, it's either going to strengthen you and make you stronger because you know you're worth more, or you're going to go back to your old habits and your old ways because you just want companionship and you and, just want to be comfortable. Yeah. And, and that makes it more simple to weed out. Yeah. Like, and, and that's what I try to give my clients and the people that I, I influence. Let's make these simple, like, bringing it back to abstinence that gave you like it, you want to find your your path and if you have if you simplify it down to two paths which is hey either they with my journey or they're mm -hmm. not with me. either you with me or against me tupac said yeah yep. <laughs> either you yep. with me or against it if you bring it break it down to that simplest form it makes it simpler to go go in the in the direction of that that will position you better for success in what yes. you want. <laughs> yes, yes, it's the truth. It does, and it shows you the type of people you need to have in your corner and in your circle. Mm -hmm. Period. <laughs> and it's and a sense of empowerment, especially yes. for women. That, that yes. I mean, whatever you choose, stick to it. That that's, yep. that's the that's the sense of empowerment, and and then having that goal of dating on purpose like if, if yep. you're you gonna date on purpose date on purpose don't don't vary and, yep. and I, I'm passionate about it because like I grew up with all women like I'll probably be a girl dad I'll uh like I, I'm a group <laughs> fitness instructor group yes. fitness enthusiast uh like pretty much all of the <laughs> The, my little sisters at, at the school that I work at, like they they listen to me more than the dudes do. So I don't yeah. I don't know where that came from, but I mean that's why I'm so passionate. Like I and women, like you got I don't I talk to the the ladies in my classes um, because we become close over the the long time like years of teaching mm -hmm. my classes, and I I'm like what I mean you're powerful like and and the gender definition the gender status quo we need to we need to stop 
abiding by those and you have more power than than society tells you you mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that hurts me that like because I, I i will like i'm gonna teammate like you are a teammate you have yeah. your strengths you have your weaknesses we work it out together no matter what mm-hmm. relationship we have either as me and you as a group fitness um uh participant like i i need to push you to your strength like to to your mm-hmm. greatness you know just in and if you're my student like i still need you to get to to a point where you're growing you're growing and and that's why i'm so passionate about it because i grew up with all women like i was raised by all women and uh <laughs> like yeah. I, i'm like shoot and they were all single too <laughs> yes that's the whoo that oh my goodness this conversation <laughs> yes yes they were all i know they were all single and but you know what michael honestly the unfortunate part and you probably can see it in our society now a lot of our community is now talking about helping women to get back to their femininity to get back to being soft to get back to being love loving to get back to that space where they don't have to carry such a heavy anchor on their back because we weren't built for that it was something we had to learn how to adjust to and i just you know i really want to see our our black women in particular break down all of that hurt, all of that pain that they've carried for so long because they didn't have a choice, whether it was raising their kids on their own, whether it was, you know, things they had to deal with in the workplace and you have to come home and you have to be strong for everyone, but it takes a toll on you. It can break your spirit. And I just want to see us get to a space where we can enjoy being soft, where we can enjoy being loving and being nurturing and being what I would consider, my personal opinion, what God has created us to be. Um, and I want to see in the real talk, since I've been a relationship enthusiast and being in this space, I am so, uh, I want to see people talk to our men. We have so many coaches for women to tell women how to be women (laughs) and Mm -hmm. to tell them what they should and shouldn't do and how to be a wife and how to get ready for a man. But who's teaching the men? Like men were born ready and and with all Mm -hmm. the principles already laid out. And that's not the case. But for some reason in our community, we don't touch on the conversations and the building blocks in the manner that we need to, to build our men up just as much as we build in our women up. What's that about? (laughs) I I mean, and I'm not, obviously I'm not perfect by any means. And, uh, And the relationships that my the women in my life had mm-hmm. impacted me because of what I saw and it, yeah. it wasn't anything bad it was just like they don't have nobody so how am I going to learn how to how to be a married man you know yeah. I don't know the day-to-day life because I didn't live that so now yeah. I have a and and this I talk to people about this all the time now I have a not a complex or anything, but I, I'm hesitant to move into that atmosphere because I have a, this subconscious fear of of the unknown. Because that is a that is a a life decision. Like I don't want to like I, I fear of making the wrong decision for the rest of my life, having to d- go through a divorce or whatever. My, you know, because I want more for my family because yeah. of the fact that. I didn't grow up with a father. You know, I want to be the father that's there. 
And then, so that leaks out into my professional life. So I, I was like, mm-hmm. I, I want to, I want to be at all my kids' games. I want to do everything. So now I have to structure my life to prepare for that ultimate goal that I have for my relationship, my family, actually. And um, so that that changes my mindset outside of um being just a worker or you know i have to be an entrepreneur because i want to be there for everything and not i don't have to be there for everything but if i'm gonna have a goal i might as well go ahead and go after it (laughs) that's the success that's the success goal you know what but i appreciate your truth i think it starts with being honest with yourself and i appreciate you being honest about even some of the complexities that come with understanding um what do I need to do to be a successful husband, to be a successful father? And because I didn't have that, these are some of the insecurities that I have. And if more men could be honest about that, I think that we could have a healthier platform to be able to unravel that and to mm-hmm. heal it. Because we all, as, as African-Americans, have healing spaces, especially in our relationship community. And we need to do it together. And I think sometimes men are afraid to have those conversations with women, especially when they're dating them. But I almost promise you with the right woman who has her head on straight um, and who's in it for the right reasons will respect that honesty as long as there's forward movement. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, babe, I I don't know it all. I don't have it all together, but you know what? I want us to be able to do it together. Women respect that way more than any other status that men think that women need with the Mm -hmm. right woman, marriage women, (laughs) marriage minded women. (laughs) I can't speak for every woman. I can only speak for marriage minded women. (laughs) Right. Right. So because in my dealing, because you know, I'm not to toot my own horn, but like I'm well put together, right? Yes. I'm, I, <laughs> like I, I understand all, a lot of different things, and like I, but I still understand that I lack in that area, and like uh, sometimes I revert back to it. So I'll be in a a, a committed relationship for a while, and and I kind of revert back to my my shyness and not, you know, just like kind of on that fence and and they like i thought we were good you know what i mean and and i guess that's where the communication comes from like i need to communicate that more that hey i mean i still deal with that issue of like shoot i don't know like this might be forever like forever Mm -hmm. Like, like, <laughs> this, this might be forever and i, I might i might do some things that that that, that may not look like it's supposed to be forever but you know just bear with me and since i'm i'm 36 years old and i'm dating older women like it's like (laughs) they don't want to nurture a little bit that and i'm like and the last uh lady that i dated it was like you should know this you should know that and i'm like i i don't know it because i didn't grow up in it you came from a two-parent household you know, like, I don't know that part. So, you know, yes. but I'll learn it. I'm a quick learner. Man, I'm a learner. Yes. <laughs> it may not yes. be quick, but like, I'm going to learn it and I'm going to be conscious of it once you bring it to my attention. Because yes. ultimately, I want a teammate. And I want that ultimate teammate 
so that like when if you can help me if and I'm I'm complicated because I'm on the borderline of like almost a lot of personalities. So <laughs> <laughs> it, so it's hard for like uh like coaches or you know um supervisors to really put me in that right place. So um just just me being more conscious of who I am personally will help them out and and all they have to do is bring it to my attention so that I can work to fix it because I know myself more than they know me type of thing. Right. And, and that's how I kind of navigate and, and like, I've been working on it consciously and I'm like, what, what books do I need to read? What, <laughs> like, who do I need mm-hmm. to listen to? Cause, cause mm-hmm. I know the female side because I grew mm-hmm. up with the female side and, and I understand it. And I'm around females because they, they tell me all the stuff about their husbands, boyfriends, dating, all of that stuff. So I, I hear it. So I try to I try to use that to my advantage to, you know, and I try not to use it to my advantage, if that makes sense. Yes, I can understand what you're saying. And I, <laughs> to, I get it. To benefit off of it uh, in a negative way. I, I, I try to keep it, you know professional for lack of better word you know just kind of like on the right yeah path, you take like, this on the right I, path I, and not use it against them like oh let me take this so i can bag them type attitude it's more of let me yeah. take this and let me dissect this so i can be a better man for when my time comes yes because i could <laughs> easily use all the information that i got to to bag whoever uh, like yeah. <laughs> whoever comes along but like i'm not trying to do that and then like i want to have a a, a professional relationship because I'm around women. Like I'm a, I'm in the school, <laughs> school district. That's all women. <laughs> like yep. it, it's, it's amazing to me, like the relationship process. And for a long time, like even my, my religious background um, hindered me from dating when I was younger. Mm. Mm. So I grew up in a in, in my religious background and my uh my my high school environment, so I I went to school with all white people. <laughs> you Me know, too. We, I I graduated with all 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 uh, with five uh brown people. You know, in my yep. in my graduating class, yeah. Um, the the white dudes didn't want us dating the white girls. There was racial issues and you know Confederate flags in 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 the back of their truck and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then in my um my religion, I, it was all uh white people again. But then they they was like you can't date outside the church. So I'm like in my in my congregation, you know, we had a big worldwide church, but. In our congregation, it wasn't no black girls, so I'm like, I can't date outside. But then you, then, then the unwritten rule is, I can't, I can't date interracially as in well. So, wow, wow. <laughs> so like, I was like, I'll, I'll just won't date, and I'll just focus on uh, being, becoming the better part, you know, better me and and success for me and my family. Because ultimately, I know, and my aunt told me before she died, she was like. Um, the woman who ends up with you is going to be a lucky woman and not a lot of people tell me like quotes like that that I remember and stuff that are about me and right. I just went on that that I had that in the back of my mind that I'm just going to focus on being better and with my goals it's going to position me for, to be that man that is going to compliment that woman 
Right. It's so interesting. I, I think it's amazing that you had an opportunity to focus on you and not get caught up in young girls and then over-sexualized at a young age. But I also think in our community, unfortunately, we don't see enough healthy relationships to help guide us when it is our time. I feel mm -hmm. like a lot of times, and I can talk about this because I came from a single family household and my mom got married. So I know both sides, but and at first I came from a single family household. So, you know, single moms, they might be hurt and bitter and they're like, you don't need no man. You need to go do you. You need to be an independent woman. Don't be relying on a man for nothing. And then our black men are like, go sow your royal oats. Don't be trying to settle down with no females. And so we take that into our young adulthood and mm -hmm. by the time we actually realize it, we've we've gathered so much. Um, what's the word that I'm looking for? So we've gathered so much uh, baggage. I'm just going to use baggage. Baggage. Mm -hmm. By the time we're ready to get it right, it's so much later than our white counterparts, because mm -hmm. in their homes, they get to sit at the table with their mom and their father. They have an opportunity um, to talk about relationships and what healthy relationships look like in their community. And of course, and with the them, it's about downs. building an empire. And see the ups and downs within that relationship, yes. how they yes. deal and with a, it. Yes, and how they deal with it and how they stay committed to it. And I'm not saying mm -hmm. they're perfect by any means, but mm -hmm. I'm just saying they have a different type of opportunity and upbringing than a lot of us have so we're behind the we're behind the behind the ball by the time we really figure it out like man this marriage thing or this commitment thing to someone is actually not a bad idea maybe i shouldn't mm -hmm. you know wait till i'm 45 to get to start thinking about being married maybe i should do it a little bit earlier so i can build with someone so we can um build our empire together to understand that two is better than one like those mm -hmm. principles usually come later for us just because of how dysfunctional our lifestyles were Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our our circumstances are because yes. that that's what I tell people all the time. We're we're battling against circumstances that aren't yes. even the ones that we we caused for ourselves. So we start right. in the negative. And the the second half of my philosophy is I won't lose, you won't lose, we won't lose. And the understanding of winning and losing, I'm I'm a sports guy, so there's no in between there's no gray area there there's either we won the game or we lost the game either no. either either we <laughs> either we lose and learn or we if we lose the only way you lose is if you quit and if we right. don't ever quit then you never lose but you always have to keep learning and and from my struggles and from circumstantial cir uh the circumstances like I had to I had to overcome all of those circumstances to get to a place where like I am welcoming to somebody else into my life or I'm welcoming success into my life because like there's different issues that come with different circumstances. Just being in a low income home has like it can dictate what your mindset is towards money. When, yeah. when we all know need, you need money and you should have money, you know, different yeah. things like that. So it, it makes it causes us to those circumstances that are not our doing <laughs> makes us makes us we have to work a little bit harder and to get to that point, because uh, piggybacking off of what you said, we start a little bit later, um, mm -hmm. like since I was in those um white environments or Caucasian environments like 
they wanted me to progress faster than I wanted to. And that was another reason. I was like, I don't, man, I don't even know this process. Like, I ain't even making enough money to raise a family. You know what right. I'm saying? With a master's degree, with all of this stuff. How you going, like, let me just, let me, let me figure out this money process first. Cause I really, I don't want to be the, have a, you know, a, a strange relationship with my child or, Right. A strange relationship with the the my baby mama or I don't even like that term. I saw it yeah. already. You know, my cousins have uh babies out of wedlock and stuff like that. Yeah. I chose not to do that because I already saw what it looked like. Yes. But it took me a while to see what it looked like because if I would have just you know went along with what they was doing, I'd be at the same. Oops, sorry, yep. I'll be at yep. the same yep. spot. Yep, <laughs> I agree. And that's why I now like to teach why I call it the business of dating for marriage, because the women that are part of my tribe, I'm like, listen, first of all, we got to start with you before we even start with any anybody else. I want to make sure that you are whole and that you're healed and you're healthy and you're ready to receive what can come. But I also want you to have a plan of action. You can't sit around here waiting and being like, God, going to bring them to my door and they knock on your door and you think you about to be getting married. That's not how this looks. There is a there still can be a process with it. So I tell them that I always I literally take business principles and put them into relationship <clears throat> inspiration. So I'm saying I always tell them you need to have what's your mission and what's your vision? What's your mission and vision for yourself? And then what's your mission and vision for your relationships? Do you have a SWOT analysis? Do you understand the strengths, weaknesses, and opportunities and threats that come with dealing with someone and with dating? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? I literally take those same principles and make them figure that out before they put themselves out there. Because yeah. don't get it twisted. Relationships is business. <laughs> mm. At the end of the day, you... you 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 have to know how to communicate with each other. You have to be accountable for each other. You want to have a vision and mission. You have to have, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses. Like these are things that you need to know in relationships. You can't lead with your emotions. You cannot lead with your emotions. You have to think logically when making decisions. You have to make sure that you're um, aligning with yourself with someone who has somewhat of the same value systems that you have. So what is, know your values. Do you know mm. your values? Do you know who you are before you put yourself out there? Because if you don't know these things, somebody else is going to tell you who you are. Period. Mm. They're going to teach you who you are if you don't know who you are. And you're going to so, you're gonna live up to the expectations they have for you. For you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and not your own. And, yep. and you're going to compromise yourself. I always tell yeah. people compromise, but don't compromise the best of who you are. You, mm -hmm. you have to compromise, but you never compromise the best of who you are. And if somebody asks you to do that, then that's not the person you want on your team. Right. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. You, <laughs> because it, it ultimately is, it, I mean, it is a team. Yes. It, it comes down to being a team and, as simple as you can make it, you 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 gonna you gonna assemble that roster, and it's a two man yes. roster, like <laughs> a two person roster, like whatever that looks like for you. And yep, and you heard me say it in my bio. I call myself the CEO of my home, and my husband is the CFO. He is mm. a lot better with finances than I am. That's his strength. 
And so he makes sure that we keep a roof over our head. The money's going where it needs to go. He handles all of that. I'm aware of it, but, you know, he's the one that takes control. And I'm the CEO. I make sure that, you know, he comes home to a house that's put together, making sure that we're organized, making sure that we're doing what we need to do, making sure we're giving back to the community. Listen, business. <laughs> and and it all aligns like if, yes. if, if he wasn't on board with that it wouldn't work it would yep. be some kind of animosity and and i don't it, it, speak on the fact that like people have let me tell this story first like mm-hmm. um i'm a life coach and i coach in all different like seven different arenas you know i think they're all connected we should have goals in these seven different arenas personal professional health fitness relationships family um and financial i think that's seven Mm -hmm. but um i was coaching this lady and like this was just me trying out my my philosophy and my program and and all that stuff and she her focus one you know you focus on one of those areas or arenas and the focus was I want a relationship I want to get married and um she and 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 I went through my philosophy are you willing to reuse knowledge habits and resources diligently so we look at knowledge of self knowledge of uh others knowledge of the goal um we worked on creating habits for uh, being successful in that relationship or leading to a relationships and resources and listening to podcasts, reading books. And she was doing all of that. And then there come like I'm teaching. She was part of my, my group fitness class and I, I was teaching a class one day and it just hit me. I was like, there has to be like you're doing all the right things. You're you're holding up to your your standards that you want, the goal that you want. There has to be something else. And there was past trauma i was like there has to be something that is that that is traumatic a traumatic event that is keeping you from getting that relationship that you want and you have to deal with that first before you move on because you have other you have two children like you you have little girls that are looking up to you and you're gonna they're gonna be you're gonna be the example for them so you have to deal with that trauma so you can move on and I, I don't even know where I was going with that before that, but like, um, can you kind of speak on like dealing with yourself and the trauma that you have beforehand before you get into a relationship? Yeah, absolutely. I call it, um, that's why I do the power of the P. And before we even get into the prayer, purpose, and pursuit, um, I do reflections. I think it's very important uh, for people to reflect on their past and how they have created these behaviors that's impacted the type of people that they are attracting into their life. For example, like I used mine, I was over-sexualized. So when I dated, the type of people I attracted um, were people who were focused more on that than anything else. I had a client who was focused on, um, she was a fixer. So she liked projects Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she was like that because her mother always took care of everyone. So in her relationships with male counterparts, with, you know, her intimate relationships, 
she dealt with men who needed to be fixed. She would fix them up and then they would leave her. So she still was left unvalued. So you have to be able to identify with, and it usually starts in your childhood, identify um, some of the attractions that you've carried or some of the traumas that you have that we now need to deal with. How do we need to begin to deal with that? Then I tell them, reflect on the strengths that you've had from past relationships. What were things that you did great in? And then what were things that was great in that relationship from the other person? Let's carry those things out because we don't want to let that go. But Mm -hmm. the things that didn't go too well, at least give me three or four things when we reflect back that you know was a weakness or an opportunity of improvement. And let's take those and let's begin to work on those strengths. So we do a lot of reflecting so we can pull out those hurts and those pains. And once we gather that, that's when we move into that that prayer and healing space. We need to be able, I'm just, you know, I'm a believer in Christ. That's who I am. So that's what I lead with. And that's the foundation um, of my movement anyway. I'm going to talk about God. I'm going to talk about healing. We're going to use resources like that. We're going to pray. We're going We're going to do that. So, of course, those are the type of women that I attract in my program. So we start with the healing and the prayer to begin to build up your strength. We start with affirmations um, and we stay in that space for a while. And during that time, Mm -hmm. there's no sex. We're not Mm -hmm. talking to any men. We're not having sex. We're removing all of this. We need to purify our space so that we can heal. And if somebody can't handle that, then they don't really need to be there anyway. If they can't be okay (laughs) for a couple of weeks, then they don't need to be there anyway. If you Mm -hmm. can't take time to heal for yourself and just even give yourself a couple of weeks to begin to think straight. Yeah. So we do that. And then we move into the purpose, like I stated. And now it's time for us to continue to build you up. As you can see, Michael, I still haven't touched on anything dealing with a man. This is still Mm -hmm. everything dealing with you. These are like two months worth of work that's dealing with you before even thinking about anyone else. So the purpose is let's start doing things to pull out your purpose. Do you love to cook? Do you love, you know, dealing with children? Let's get you out there into the community. Let's let's take care of other people so that it can help to continue to build yourself up. So we, you know, identify or re-identify our purpose. Um, And then... We move into that pursuit. That's the area where it's like, let's rethink what dating looks like. Let's protect our heart. Um, let's make sure we're leading logically in that, and we're not leading um, with our emotions or what's between our legs. Um, let's make sure that we're just not dating any and everybody. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we have boundaries. So um, I think it's a full process. I hope I answered the question. <laughs> oh yeah, you you fine. Like I'm, I'm I'm taking it all in. I'm letting the listeners take it all in because this is probably, this this is the stuff that I I you know I'm a strategic person and and when I talk I, I talk to a lot of women and yeah. I, and it, like I I want to help. I know I'm <laughs> like I want yeah. to help. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like but the what you're saying is the process that I go through in my head and and I know I'm not perfect so that's probably like that holds me back from definitely believing in what I say but it, it's powerful to I because I said that I won't lose you won't lose we won't lose that's a part of my my philosophy and it, it's always about putting that that um that that oxygen mask on first you got to put yes. those on first and mm-hmm. then you can go and help others or uh, allow others to to be in that same space as you. And and you got to a point where um, so I have there's 
five levels to that I won't lose, you won't lose, we won't lose. We won't lose is that ultimate um, success is like uh, we are all on the right page. We're going as a team together, um, doing our own thing, but in, in the spirit of excellence and success. But to begin that, it's like we have to hate losing. It's mm. I hate losing. I can't lose. I won't lose. You won't lose. We won't lose. So that hate losing is like, like I said, it's it's only between winning and losing, and and those yeah. negatives in those relationships were the losing part. Even though you have wins in in different uh, scenarios and and circumstances, you you have to hate those losing parts because you have to learn from those losing parts. Yeah, and then once you acknowledge what that that losing is you have to start working towards that practice that practice of of healing like you were saying and then once you get to that point then it's like I can't lose anymore because like I I I need to be doing all of this like I have practiced I have I have a habit <laughs> I have habits that um are successful habits as far as relationships go like I, I set my boundaries. I've practiced my boundaries. I know how to stand up for my boundaries and keep them there and not let them fall. And then it's, I won't lose now. Like I, I've practiced this, like I know exactly what I want and that's the whole process. And then you won't lose is that like anybody that comes in that area in your ethos and who, who approaches you in the right way that, that fulfills or that is a part of that that journey <laughs> like your husband was your husband was like oh yep. that. let me let me look into you know let me stick around a little bit you know yep. that's that you won't lose part though you don't even have to do anything it's you just your ethos is is being successful like i want you in your path and then ultimately your husband <laughs> and you won't lose we won't lose because we we come together like that and and we acknowledge and we are conscious about the winning (laughs) and and we're coming together and we we won't lose and losing the only way you lose is if you quit and if you (laughs) if you quit that's failure if you lose that's failure but you don't quit and if you put that in your mind and never quit I guarantee you won't lose. <laughs> and it's hard yep. to beat somebody that will not quit. Yep. Yep. They're in it for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not always pretty. That's what I mm. want people to realize. Mm. It's worth it, but it ain't always pretty. It's mm-hmm. always ups and downs to that journey. Like, you know, I really say success, um, the success journey will always have lots of sweet spots. But it kind like when I think about success, I kind of think of it like I'm walking through the desert, but, you know, I'm hot, I'm tired, I'm all of this, but I hit these sweet spots where I might see some water. I'm like, oh my gosh, I see some water. Let me drink this water. I see some people. Let me grab that. It's not perfect. It's just, it's it's not perfect, but the journey will always have its sweet spots. It will. Mm-hmm. And you just got to hold out. Yeah. And <laughs> holding out is, is tough because yes. like... <laughs> in all aspects in all aspects it's tough like man i but you you come to a point where you you're okay with your enough you're securing yourself that you understand what doesn't work for you 
like uh in in my relationships like in my pursuit of relationships if the schedule don't fit like (laughs) um and it's and it's not at the beginning but Mm -hmm. if if it's not a smooth transition into the relationship i i like i'm not gonna force anything no and that that's what i know about myself Mm -hmm. if i force it then Mm -hmm. i know it it usually turns out not working now and (laughs) so i'm okay with like uh when i see that moving away from that you know and being honest and upfront about like and and communication communication across the board i gotta communicate better and i usually i'm quiet by nature but like this is what I wanted to touch on is that like just with me as being a male like when I talk about my insecurities it it doesn't make me me seem like a less of a a a provider or whatever because it seems like the the relationship changes once they hear that because like I said I'm well put together like I I have multiple jobs careers at the same time like i got ambition all of this stuff and i'm a nice person you know and i don't look too bad i don't think you know but (laughs) but when i start getting into my insecurities that's how i talk it through and maybe like i need a therapist or something to talk that out outside of the relationship but like when i get comfortable with somebody like i'm going to talk about that because you're going to be a part of this solution or you know transition and i think we should talk about it and if somebody can't accept it then they may not be the one because we have to all know that we come with our weaknesses and you need and the whole purpose is for someone to come in to help you help you with though if they have that strength they help you with that whip that that weakness and help you work through it um like my husband oh my gosh yes my husband held everything in but it began to manifest through our marriage that's what I'm that's why I think the conversations are important. Like he some of the things some things he waited until we got married for me to see or for me to understand. Like my husband, mm. I'm extremely affectionate and he's not naturally as affectionate and it it probably happened in his childhood and he just didn't see a lot of that um in his household. So it manifested into our relationship and I didn't know that until we got married. But mm-hmm. I had to dig. Like I literally had to dig through that. And in the beginning it caused a lot um uh, of rough patches in our in our marriage. And if you ask him today, he'll tell you that and he'll tell you I had to learn to talk to my wife. I had to open up. I had to show her my heart so that we could work through this. And in the past three years, he's just blossomed so much with expressing himself and opening himself up. But you gotta, <laughs> you gotta have somebody that's willing to go through that with you, but you also have to be willing to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to talk about it and you have to be willing to do the work. And therapy is, therapy might be a problem. Listen, therapy is a part of self-care, period. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care where you are in life. We all can stand to use some therapy. My husband and I are looking for therapists right now, not because our relationship is broken, but because we want to keep our relationship together. Mm. (laughs) Not because it's broken, but because we want to maintain it. We want to keep it tuned up. 
We want to make sure that things that we may be having a difficult time addressing together, a middle person can come out, come out and help us to explore it. And then we can begin to flourish even more in our marriage. Like, I think people need therapists in each season of their life, period. It needs to be like drinking water. Mm. Jesus, water, and a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) And coconut oil. (laughs) Drink that water, mind your business, and get you a therapist, okay? Serious. And, and it's all about growth. Like, like yes. we those coaches in, in different aspects of life. Like, um, those are the five things that I, I look at, like, as far as success is concerned. And I play basketball. So you need coaches, you need teammates. You got yep. um, the, there's four ways you can be with me. One way you can be against me. You can be a coach, you can be a teammate, you can be a fan, or you can be a cheerleader. You yep. know, the, those coaches are, are can see the things that you don't see and put you in better position. Your teammates are there to help you through and win the game. Um, the fans, they have a vested interest in your winning. So they, they, they're not negative at all. They, they support you no matter what. And they don't necessarily have to be on your team. They just support you from afar. Right. Um, and then those cheerleaders, they're just rooting you on. They don't have no stake in it. They're, they're just like a neutral party, but they on the, the, the positive side of neutral. And then mm-hmm. that one way you can be against me is if you hinder my success, if you mm-hmm. hinder my growth or my process of winning, that's the only way you can be against me. So those four things that, that we all got to look for in our different seasons of life is that coach. And, yes. and we have such an amazing, we live in a, such amazing time now that um, it's all at our fingertips. Like we can get coaches at our fingertips, but it's all about putting it together. And yes. and that's where my focus comes from uh, is focus on success because success is in the eye of the beholder. And uh, my my work hard philosophy is it, it, it's geared towards making it malleable to other people's circumstances. So your circumstances are way different. But if we plug these things in, we can see and kind of dictate what a blueprint looks like for ourselves. And that's where I like to um, see people go with it. Like we have to understand how to put it together. So we, we got financial people that are just financial and you got to be financially free and, and, and that's good. But like, how does a person put it together mm-hmm. at the beginning when it's tough and when you don't see the vision and you don't, you don't have a vision for yourself? It is so tough to get somebody from that that low of a, a, a level to get them to see what financial freedom does our our dating yeah. on purpose looks like yeah uh, because we don't know how to put it together across yeah. the board <laughs> and that's it's where that I focus on. yeah no that's good it's it's that edu- education piece we have to use the resources and tools as you stated that's at our fingertips like i and i love living listening to podcasts i love reading books i love taking classes i love going to conferences all of those things expose you and it changes your perception that's why book club 
like a part of my platform is doing this um, book club for single women for dating for the purpose, dating the business of dating for the purpose of marriage. And I'm doing it because I want to create an intimate space where we can talk about things and listen to each other from a diverse group of women about what's important to us. And we can understand new perspectives and we can do it in a space where we can heal, where we can um, express ourselves, where we can talk as just black women and the struggles that we have, but we can also be educated, like you said, by those mentors and by those coaches and by those authors. And I just think it's going to be exciting and i and you got you have to start you have to start somewhere you Mm -hmm. have to start somewhere and you have to have that team to help you get to where you need to go i totally agree that that is amazing because it's tough out here and i see it like all the time and and i have a preference for the younger generation because like it's harder for adults to change so and i don't have to have that type of I got a lot of patience, but I don't have that type of patience. So I, I usually go towards the, the younger crowd because you don't know what you don't know. And I can deal with that. Right. But if I'm trying to force you to understand that there's a bigger picture and you can create a better life for yourself and you you can be a, a creator of your destiny and, and dictate what you, I can't like it drains me <laughs> to 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 do that every single time and i'm like come on like i see the bigger picture for you and and i want to help you get there and understand the different elements to that and and usually people don't see it until a while later that i'm not saying that i was right but like like i there was something to what i was saying so i have, I have ladies that i coached a while ago and used my 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 program and and i was like all right this this looks like the the path for you and this looks like what you want and and if we can position you for that let's let's start now and just doing some little things now that will position you for something that looks like this and you know we went our separate ways or whatever we stopped the the sessions or whatever and <laughs> lo and behold the same things that i said was <laughs> yep. them, they yep. end up doing and they're like oh this is this is great this is great yep. and i'm like i don't like i i don't tell them that i like i said that but like yeah. they know but, yeah they know <laughs> but that that is that is the key so we, we got to co- talk about the book uh yeah we talk about the book like uh let, no let's plug we the haven't book. This is a good segment. I say that because I know you just talked about um, young people. And, I, you know, when I made the decision to be a part of the HBCU Experience Aggie edition, um, my heart was for the college young women. So I did it for them more than anything else. So go ahead. Do you have specific questions or you want me to just roll with it? Just roll with it. Just roll okay. with it because <laughs> you, you know more about the book than I do. <laughs> Um, so I know, you know, Ashley started it last year and I was able to get in this year and I'm very thankful for it. I think it's an opportunity for align my passion, um, with helping women to be healed, healthy and whole. Uh, but I get an opportunity to kind of speak to the younger generation. Um, my whole goal was to make sure I focus. My chapter is called, um, the Aggie X factor. And I talk about my relationships in college and, how they impacted and contributed to who I am today. Um, 
And I want young women and young men to be able to look at my chapter um, and realize that you have to be very careful of the type of relationships you build, intimate relationships, because they can impact the trajectory um, of your collegiate experience. And I want them to be able to focus on making sure they're focused on their academics and getting internships and, you know, creating healthy relationships with friends that's going to last a lifetime instead of getting into adult-like relationships where your mind, you mentally, physically, emotionally cannot handle that at that space. And I talk about two of my relationships that I was in in that season um, back in the day. <laughs> Which year was that? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I came in in 2003. So from about 2005 until I graduated, um, I was in very serious, committed relationships that <sighs> exposed me to a level of maturity that I simply should not have been experiencing at that age. Mm-hmm. I should have just been experiencing cramming for my, um, you know, cramming for my test and being in the library with friends and meeting people. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't excluded out. I definitely pledged just a single day to sorority incorporated and I had an amazing time. Um, I joined organizations because I've always been an ambitious woman and even as a young woman. But I do believe that um, I gave too much of myself too young and too soon um and you don't you just don't have to experience those things everything in life does not have to be an experience if you will listen to someone else <laughs> yes and that's powerful right there learn from other people's mistakes yeah. <laughs> learn from other people's experiences that that'll help you grow faster because then you can identify some of the things that 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 may not uh benefit you in the long run yeah. Yes. Yes. So I I love that I've been able to be a part of this. I love being um, a graduate from North Carolina A&T. Um, I was impacted in multiple ways, but I made a conscious decision to focus on relationships and the way uh, they impacted me at that time. But then also, like I said earlier, how that pain turned into my to my purpose. So, um, although I, I experienced what I experienced, you guys got to get the book to read it because it's really good and juicy. Um, I experienced what I did, but what it also did was help me to become this relationship enthusiast, to take the things that happened in my past um, and to help women to do something different. And if I can grab some of those young women from college and tell them, baby girl, <laughs> you do not have to be involved in this nature hold on to yourself hold on to your self-worth you know focus on being a part of the organizations enjoy that college experience and don't give yourself so heavily to someone at such a young stage in your life it it, it can just it can change things dramatically i'll leave it there so you can actually mm. read the chapter and see where i was going with it all hey Go get the book, young ladies. Um, I have a few young ladies that are going to, uh, I don't know what college, but they're going to HBCUs this upcoming year. And I know a couple of freshmen, uh, high school freshmen, well, they're sophomores this year, that will be going to like FAMU. That's their ultimate goal and stuff. So 
I'm I'm definitely a supporter. That's why I, I agreed to these interviews. I was like, let me let me go ahead because like I didn't go to a HBCU, so like I don't uh, I don't know or understand the culture that comes with that. So um, just being able to talk to you all has been a pleasure. <laughs> like and and y'all inspired me to to go out and do great things because y'all so supportive and like I didn't get that um and supportive of each other supportive of everybody else like let's go let's go let's get it let's get it and that's yeah and that's that's amazing to see and to experience yes yes I totally and, agree and, and, and so go ahead go ahead no, you go ahead. This is this is your your time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just gonna tell you. I mean, I am absolutely open, and we can talk about that offline. Um, of connecting with you when it pertains to the youth, um, and having conversations about their value and their worth and abstinence and things of that nature. So, yeah, we'll have to collaborate even further for sure. Definitely, you experience can be the platform for that. All right, all right. We we will do that. We'll talk about that offline. But uh the last question that I have is what would you what would you um what words of wisdom would you give to somebody in their success journey? I know people use this one a lot, but it's just the truth. And if you need to hear it over and over again, hear it over and over again. Do it afraid. Do it afraid. Um do not allow uh, imposter syndrome that I know a lot of us go through to get in your way. Do not allow um, a comparison trap. We get caught up comparing ourselves to other, especially in this social media age and thinking that people are further than you are or theirs look like this. So I can't get it done. Do it afraid. Just start because once you start and you put that effort and time in, your confidence will build and your tribe will grow and your purpose will continue to align. So do it afraid. Man, that's powerful. I needed those words today. I, <laughs> I, I need you that. Did it. <laughs> <laughs> I needed it because I got so many projects that are unique that I'm just like, I got to put it out there because I know I make adjustments. I'm a basketball player at heart. I can make adjustments on the fly and I'll learn. So I just need to put it out there and, and, and go with what, what I got because like all I'm doing is not I'm being afraid and in a book uh it's called the Icarus Deception he um Seth Godin talks about how um we're all most of us are artists and we don't put our work out there which is our our true self because we're afraid it gets it's going to get judged and we have to put our whole self out there because First of all, we're not looking at the judgment of others to to tell us who we are. But the other thing is that we got to find that tribe that will support us and that will um, lift us up to those heights that that are reachable and they're within reach and that we can, by all means, grab success by the horns and and, and go along with the ride. It's going to be difficult to start, but. I guarantee you that you are we are going to get there like and yes. it, and it's going to be such wonderful and the crazy thing about it with me is that I when I see the vision and then 
everything that I've done that I've seen, it starts getting even more scarier the the bigger my vision is. <laughs> oh, yes. You are not the only one. That's the truth. It's crazy you said that. I talked to my husband about that. And I told him my truth. And I said, I think I'm afraid because of the accountability and responsibility that comes with that bigger vision. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. mine. The accountability and responsibility that comes with those bigger visions. Because people are watching you. And not that we do it for the people, but you have people depending on you. So when yeah. you put yourself out there, you have to be consistent, accountable, you know what I mean? And responsible for that purpose that you made. And sometimes that can be scary. It can be scary. And yeah. I'm right in that realm right now. <laughs> I'm I'm forcing myself out of it, but I'm I'm right in that realm. That imposter syndrome is is real, real and true. And uh, like I I think I'm on uh, on the cusp of of getting out of it, but it, it's it's just about putting my my art out there because it's different. You I heard you. You heard the uh, work hard philosophy. Like I, I have this down to a science. Like, like how to put it together. I'm not a specialist, but like how we need to to put it together to to see where our strengths and weaknesses are. Like this is unique. Like I ain't never seen nothing like it. And I study a lot of different success books and and all and and listen to like a lot of people and to put it all together in such a succinct fashion i'm like i'm scared and that's okay I'm scared doing it scared and guess yeah, what do it you are a and you are a specialist i know i heard you say you're not a, i think i heard you say i'm not you said i'm not a specialist and earlier you said something like i mean i'm not a coach no you didn't say that it was something else i'm like yes you are you absolutely are. I am validating you. You are a specialist. You are a specialist in what you do. And people need it and they need to hear it. Yes, you are. <laughs> got you. Got you. I will I will put that on my affirmations list. Yes. It, it, we we need it. And and I, I know people need it. I'll be I'll be man, it be coming out. It came out last night when I was talking to a, a, a fan or to parents and I was like, man, I just I just gave him them the key, the keys to success for their child. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, how did I do that? Just off the top of my head, and this and that. This is how it. Oh man! But uh, Shani, I appreciate you coming on the the podcast. This has been a pleasure. Um, everybody, go out there and get the book. I appreciate yes. you, the relationship enthusiast. Um, there's not much words that I can put into form, but like, yeah, we need to connect after this because, um, I need to put all this stuff together. I got so many connections that I'm up here. Like this stuff is going to be big. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. Um, is there any last words that you got for the people? on if you loved anything that you heard if you are a single woman or know any single women please connect with me on instagram at shawnee l relationship enthusiast shawnee l relationship enthusiast join our book club because it's gonna be lit this ain't your mama's book club Uh, so let's get it done let's get healed um and let's get these let's get people married by 2025 so we can have this family unity out there
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Success is My Religion podcast. Go ahead and hit that five stars and leave me a review. And be sure to follow me on all social media platforms at Work Hard Movement.